0: Yo, what is good, y'all? Welcome to this week's episode of Talks with Taboo. Welcome to this week's podcast. And my guests this week are some of my two best friends, man. I feel very fortunate to be able to work in a music industry where people like this are technically co-workers. So one of them is a photographer. You might have seen some of his pictures on my uh, Instagrams or any of my socials. Um, He's usually the guy who's behind me if I'm in the South. And the other guy just so happens to be the director of public events and a talent bar at the dopest music venue in New Orleans called Republic. You may have heard of it. If not, and you come to New Orleans, I definitely recommend going to a show at that venue. Ladies and gentlemen, Brad Croswell and Chris Fulce. Well, welcome y'all dude thank y'all for fucking doing this with me dude i know this is a long time
1: coming yeah about fucking time dude i've i've been texting you every week <laughs> since you started this bullshit yeah i wrote it saying, in my diary yo i'll talk shit on your podcast and you were like no let me get some other djs you literally never texted me saying this i'm pretty okay we'll bring up the receipts later <laughs> i have the receipts i don't delete text messages so you don't delete your text messages? No, dude, I have so many fucking text messages. Dumb. But you never know when you're going to have to reference something from like back in the day. Well, there Especially, might be something
0: in there that's going to get you in trouble. Well,
1: no, I don't. No one's texting me about anything that's going to get me in trouble. It's fucking DJs asking if they could add more people to their guest list. And fucking. And that's why I keep it for whenever I, I, I book someone and I'm like, I'll pay you X amount of money. And at the end of the night, they're like, oh, I thought it was this amount. And I'm like, nah, bitch. We got to take that. I don't take phone calls for the same reason. Hell yeah. Why the fuck you take a phone call? Because then people will be like, on the phone, we agree to this. No, we need a paper trail. Right. That's why you don't delete text messages. It'll save your ass one day. I'm telling you. Well, you're not worried about like just having too much memory on that cloud? No, dude. Two terabytes a month. Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> no. <a> <laughs> you, you know what? It's I'll pay for the convenience. I'll pay my $9.99 to Apple. Trademark, copyright. I don't know if you get in trouble for saying brand dude, names on the podcast. I don't
0: think so, dude. I've talked a l- a lot of shit about actual brand names. I said, I said, you know, these rioters should go burn down Burger King. I did say that, and
1: I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Burger King. Seriously, I can't think of the last time that I had Burger King, so I don't think we'd lose anything by Burger King being burnt down. I think I, I, really, think I
2: really like the cinnamonies.
1: Burger King is a small price to pay for the cause. And <laughs> I'm comfortable. Come at me, Burger King. I don't care.
0: <laughs> it's a small price to pay. Well, this is a cool little... Uh, cool. I'm glad we did that with the three of us, dude, because, I mean, Chris, you're like the guy that gave me and Brad, you know, like our, our wings out here in New Orleans, dude, our first shots, our first opportunities, well, you know what I'm saying? Well, much like
1: your careers, you needed me in this podcast to carry it. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, it makes sense, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How many of those of those people are there that you've just started those careers, man?
1: Um, I don't I don't like to say that I started anyone's career. I like to think that I'm in a good <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> I like to think that I'm in a good position to help people have a platform to share their art. Yeah. And that's the way I've always viewed it. I've never like, you know, that would seem very like holding it over someone's head to say, like, if you want to be successful in New Orleans, you have to come through me. And that's not how I see it at all. I think everyone has a shot and I'm willing to give everyone a shot until they prove me or, or give me a reason that they don't deserve a shot anymore or ruin it for themselves. I let people step on their own toes. I don't like, I don't like to get involved in anything that would suggest that we would intentionally fuck over someone's career. Uh, but we like to give everyone the opportunity, the opportunities possible to start a career. And like, no, I didn't fucking start shit for you two. You two came up, came up around the venue, and you. Did fucking good things, which is why you are where you are today. I was just a, a very, very—I um I don't even know the word. I, I was the middleman at all. Yeah, you, you got to give
2: yourself credit because, like, a lot of people would not respond to like requests like that. Like, I remember just hitting you up and like asking like how to go about shooting shows. And well, it's because it's it's not a,
1: with me, and for a long time, is when I first started. I I was very much just like. An egotistical dick, like most people in the music industry are. Like it, it's fucking ego-driven non-stop. And I ruined quite a few relationships through being an egotistical douchebag. And it took me a little while to realize like it's not about me. It's not about it's about sharing art and giving people an experience. And like, if I want to continue to give people unique experiences, you have to find new art. Yeah. And so yeah, why not give give people the opportunity? You know, if someone feels like it's their passion to create music or take pictures of someone like you got to give them that shot because otherwise how are you going to know what you're missing out on and look Mm -hmm. brad's end up being a very (laughs) meh photographer but (laughs) like he has a, a few good shots and then like look at you like you did a remix for someone and blew up like it's crazy did I? Yeah, I'm sure that's Once how it twice. happened. That's that's <laughs> what happens electronic music. <laughs> I don't think I remixed for anybody. Someone Like bass nectar probably shared it on SoundCloud and like look at bass you. <laughs> look at you a bass <laughs> nectar.
0: <laughs> well, I guess I should have Be asked careful. this in the beginning of the podcast to clear it up. But for people who don't know y'all, like tell them exactly what it is
2: y'all's job is.
1: Brad, you go first. I've been talking too
2: much. Uh well. I mean, I'm a supporter of all the homies, first and foremost. I like to do whatever I can do to um, boost y'all's careers in any way, shape, or form. Whether it be through, you know, getting a shot of y'all's unreleased songs that's coming out that y'all need for uh, promo. Or just pictures for, you know, like Facebook, Instagram, all that shit. I like to help people out, but uh, uh, I take pictures and I make visuals for uh, S-Fam. Yeah, is dude. Fuck, fuck s him? Yeah, yeah, fuck, s- fuck S-Fam. Fuck S-Fam. We love S-Fam. Uh, no, we don't. Yeah. No, we don't. Do you we mean you. You. Yeah, don't we're, add us dude, in with you, We're dude. not part you. of your fucking right, thing, dude. All all right. I'll
1: let them come at you. Let them come at me. Come on me, dude. I have a midget and a toothpick chasing me now. I'm not that. really that <laughs> worried. that toothpick's You're very aggressive. aggressive. All it takes fun. is a small breeze and they'll both fly away. Jacob's pretty stocky. It's pretty... Yeah, but he's like two foot nothing, dude. Yeah, true. God... I'll literally hold Pearson like a hockey stick and hit Jacob out of the way. That's a flex. Like, <laughs> okay. That's a flex.
2: <laughs> what else is it that you do, dog? Um, I don't know. I take pictures. Like I say, I do stuff outside of um, shows with the camera. I shoot weddings and whatnot, and take pictures like food photography and all that kind of stuff. But really, um, you know, my passion is taking pictures of uh, like moments that people go to shows, and I want to take pictures that resemble those moments that they can remember from like the, you know, like the best song of the show or the best set. Like I like to try to capture that through my feelings towards the music, you know, mm-hmm. like just capture that. yeah Like I know your personality, so I know like what you would want to post on Instagram. So yeah, I try like, to capture those, in it. I try to capture those like goofy ass moments and like serious, like just things that mean like the most to y'all, you know, if that makes You really
1: sense. aren't going to go into your amateur porn cinematography. oof I haven't dropped wow. any of that
2: yet. It hasn't come out yet. He just spoiled it. Dude, would you shoot
0: porn 100%. for people? 100%. Yeah,
2: what? Yeah.
1: yeah. I would too. I don't know. If you're watching this yeah, I would. and you have any connections to the adult film industry, Brad Croswell, Instagram at iCroswell, would like your, uh, your correspondence. And I do not discriminate. So. He doesn't discriminate. Dude,
0: well, I see all these pictures all the time of like these like super attractive females, like with these very professional pictures, but they're all like, you know, just ass pictures taken by nice people like have you done any of those pictures no but uh
2: it's something me and, uh, <laughs> he looks down and like, no. it's something that me and Christina being have very, actually talked about being very uh, careful She needs to get into the bourgeois photography yeah dude, That'd you be can be do fun. some really
0: good ones for your for your old lady man
2: yeah no we have um oh yeah, okay you know, <laughs> there it is <laughs> yeah uh, i mean that's always fun but it's practice and yeah, it's she's practice. a pretty she's a pretty suspect suspect yeah. subject
1: Suspect subject. subject. Su- sub- brick. He fucked that one up. Chris. Oh, it's yeah. okay. no, I was just repeating what Brad I said. So, he said it so eloquently that I could not not parrot it. <laughs> parrot. <laughs> what,
0: what 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 exactly is it that you do, Chris? What is your job description?
1: Um, I am the director of public events uh, for Republic NOLA, which means uh, if it needs to be done, I kind of have to do it. Um... Which, like, you know, my job has had me make memes for Twitter. My job has had me buried in a ceiling over here running wiring through the building for (laughs) 12 hours. it, It really, it's everything that I do is for the show to happen. So, like, if it's something that has to be done for a show to happen, whether it be reaching out to an agent, executing, marking up a contract, picking up an artist from the airport, going hospitality, shopping... Um, scrubbing a toilet like it doesn't matter at the end of the day i'm ultimately responsible for every aspect of making the venue open for public events for concerts and so if it needs to be done and there's no one else to do it i kind of have to do it and so i've done literally everything here like i've scrubbed toilets
2: i think everything's an understatement part. honestly i've seen you do more than everything here uh i think we all have but i think you're like the heart and soul of this yeah. venue, dude. heart and soul of a lot of things for sure
0: like, you know, if God. there's ever a day when you're not here, dude, it's going to be a sad day. It'll See, like,
1: very sad heart day. and soul just sound so, like, pretty and, like, happy. And I'm more of like. The throbbingness. The, the dick and balls. <laughs> the and pulse. Yeah, there we go, dude. The vein. Yeah, there's just the, the thick, veiny heart. <laughs> no, but. Uh, thick, RuPaul. veiny heart. From, from, from just my throbbing. perspective.
2: From my perspective, of what you're really good at is you're um, preparing a, lot, a load. Uh, you're always preparing a load. But. We're looking at other venues i've everyone. gone to shows and other venues and other states other cities and like you know it all feels very very corporate it feels very you know let me do it this way let me do it that way but here it's a it's a very special venue um and that comes from having special people that run it and do like really extra things like a mardi girl every mardi girl y'all go off on the stage the stage always looks really good right now y'all have the temple that thing looks crazy. Right, Everybody cool. wants to play on that. Like, y'all y'all go above and beyond, and uh, it's a lot of people. A lot of people I know from other states that I've met at festivals, I, we get to talking to them. They've been to shows here. They've been to some of the same shows that I've been here. They've seen your sets here. It's always yeah. wild, like, having these conversations with people. And, uh, like, going to a con, I'm sitting there, I'm in my tent, and then I wake up to some dude next to us playing Wolf Worm, and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, everything is just always full circle. Yeah. I always feel like it kind of somewhat...
1: It's the same way, yeah. I went to a festival um, up in Seattle last year for the 4th of July and I was hanging out by the front gate and someone said, hey, fuck Chris from you're a douchebag. And it's like, I felt like I was at home. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter where you go in the music industry, like, I'm still a douchebag and everyone hates me. <laughs> and that's the magic. <laughs> that's the magic of music
2: Dude, and man, how so it just beautiful. brings us
1: all together. It doesn't matter where you experience music. But what is important is that you remember that I'm just awful. <laughs> Dude,
0: oh man, you also, awesome, but you have the best hats, man. I, that is such that's a dope That's my hat. only
1: that's my only personality trait is cool I've been hats. collecting
0: hats and I want that fucking hat, man. Dude,
1: just holler at me. I got I got hat plugs, dog. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I get where Brad's coming from and the thing is is like being one of the few small independently owned venues still surviving in really the country today, because there's not a lot of us left. Um, it gives us a lot of creative control to be able to focus our energy on customer experience, which is the most important part of anything we produce. It's not about being the coolest venue. It's not about, you know, making sure that we have, like, the most badass light stage setup or anything. Like that. It's about the customer walking through the door and, like, really entering an, almost an alternate reality where they can escape the bullshit of life for the few hours that they're here and that's what i that's that's what that's what keeps me going
2: for me originally
1: that's what that's what keeps me going is like i mean i i didn't have like uh like very bright and happy upbringing or like young adulthood and so whenever i first started coming here as a fan in 2012 which holy shit was eight years ago already um this was like you know it was an escape and like Whenever I've, I, you know, got the ability to be involved in it, like, it really was a huge motivating factor to take it to the next level so that we could um, continue to help people get that escape and release that they need through, like, you know, the most universal language of uh, mankind, which is music. And so that's why I do it. Like, it's not a good paycheck. Um, I fucking hate talking to people, especially <laughs> the local DJs. Um, is that
0: your least favorite, honestly? No, no, no,
1: no, okay. no. I, I I'm. Probably honestly, like agents. No, the my least favorite person to talk to is not the DJs or the local DJs. It's the person that knows them. Is the person that knows the DJ oh, and knows the local DJ. Like, <laughs> oh, we used to kick it before he got hundred thousand listens on SoundCloud. Like we used to totally vibe, dude. And it's like, yeah, I bet you can't come backstage. Totally like vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's true. I mean, you know how many people like stop you or like try and come backstage because they fucking shook someone's hand at one point or another back in the day. And it's like, okay, yeah. like you, you, you get it. No, yeah. You don't be sure. I get it, brother. Don't be that fucking guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nah, dude. But you talked about this temple one. stage, that
1: temple stage is fucking badass.
0: So did y'all build that stage before y'all knew you are about to open up or did y'all just build it just oh, for the streams? Oh, fuck no.
1: So... Uh the team that was here with uh, helping us with our live streams, they started building the temple stage and they started it like right around the time, probably a week before the phase two announcement where the mayor said, you know, we have a minimum of two weeks before we get back to normal. And so whenever they were like, we have a minimum of two weeks, we we're like, OK, well, we have time to build the stage, do a, a few live streams on it and it'll all be Gucci and then last monday the mayor just went rogue and was like we're opening up on saturday <laughs> and so like i we, like and i'm across the country like with my grandma and so like at like when that all happened i'm across the country essence festival actually i can't say that non disclosure you didn't hear anything we we had like a filming that needed to take place in the venue that week as well so we had the the team that's here that actually did a tremendous job of the stage had to then break down everything of the temple they they had built already so that a film crew could load in on Wednesday, film on Thursday, load out on Friday, so then they could load the temple back in and rebuild it for us to like go live that weekend. But uh, yeah, no, the temple was supposed to be just a live streaming thing that ended up like turning into part of our shows throughout the month of June. Um, and I think that it's really fucking cool. It's, been it's so sick, man. I've seen it my
0: I saw videos of y'all with the venue Saturday with the like in full motion everybody in here and like everyone was spaced out. Looks like everyone was having a great time. The stage looked fucking awesome. That's probably my favorite stage I've seen. Yeah, no, yeah real. It's yeah, next yeah, it's level up there.
1: And the beautiful thing is um that the production company that helped us build it, like they don't have a use for it since it's built custom for our stage. So yeah. we'll be able to keep it. Yeah. And like throughout the year, maybe quarterly or something like that, we'll throw an event in the base temple. Yeah. or something like that and we'll bring it back down build it and it'll be a super cool thing to like have people look forward to you know
2: can i make a suggestion make
1: it a suggestion
2: bro uh, personally i
1: would person lo- that's would a love professional stage builder hey, no, no 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 i'm adding to
2: the beauty of the stage of the oh tre- it wasn't beautiful and, enough. and of the trees <laughs> of the trees set on that stage i guarantee you that people would love that but we it's a temple
1: that. there's literally not a single tree yeah but it, it would there's not a single tree Okay, dude. all right we'll see we'll see what people what people say about that but i'm
2: speaking for the that people. would be <laughs>
1: like having a stage built of toothbrushes and saying we should book flaw shredamas. there's no floss all right.
2: <laughs> well i bet you of the trees would love to play on that stage oh, i know uh, we'd love to play on everyone stage because he would have to that.
1: talk to me okay well, and, like that makes sense we well, should we Washington should make a, time, a nursery theme stage that has like a bunch of big block letters that say a b c d and we'll just book dmvu because that makes sense <laughs> on this on the spot this
2: on the spot though seriously for a second if you had ultimate power to build a stage in here what would it be like like what like Ooh, curate an event question. curate an event in in 30 seconds get, honestly
1: get a, little, a little closer mike when he said. one just. of my favorite like aesthetics of all time is like the tron look tron legacy and yes. stuff like that so Doing like a a light tracing like Tron build on the stage where the stage is essentially like an infinity cube with a bunch of like lights like going around it and like having someone I think I think the best act for it because I'm not going to book Daft Punk I'm not going (laughs) to I think would be like Black Tiger Sex Machine. Yeah. Oh I yes. have Fuck Black, yeah. Black I was so mad. They machine.
2: came here with the um, Kai. with the big with the pit. Yeah, they they came that, came that here was one of my a, favorite shows I've seen up here too. I that was
1: Wachi, Sullivan King, and there was one other on there. It was a fucking absolutely absurd line. I think it was
2: Latric maybe, but yeah, no, electric. Electric. Yeah, electric. Yeah, electric. yeah, Electric, Sorry, I apologize. I didn't know All you were French. So
1: yeah. Latric, <laughs> <Electric. laughs> The first half of this year has felt like six years. It's been
0: horrible. Speaking of this fucking horrible shit, what has been like for a music venue? And running it like what is a day to day operations? Because I hit you up today to, this, to the podcast, and you're like, I'm at, I'm at uh, Republic all day. Like, what the fuck are you even doing right now? Like, I'm like, I'm curious what's going on. Like, what, uh, what all does your job entail at the moment?
1: At the moment, you know, it's programming. Uh, we obviously aren't booking any huge national acts right now because agents kind of won't let them do anything, um, and we can't like really be open as a live entertainment venue. We have to we have to keep our status as a bar. But there's also like music. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's being creative and trying to figure out what we could program over the next few weeks um, to get people out here. You know, we're at 25% capacity. So once we reach a certain amount, which isn't that much, we do one in the door, one out of the door. Um, but it's just planning and trying to get people something, even though they can't have like, you know, the full product that we normally deliver or want to deliver. It's giving them something at least to look forward to, and so I've just been in the office, you know, reaching out to to DJs, seeing if they're interested in ideas that we have, um, in planning events, uh, doing graphic design, and getting them upline and, and going, so people know what's going on, yeah. as well as like you know, reaching out to customers, sharing what our like new protocols and policies are that we are open now to make sure everyone is just safe and has a good time. Like that's the the most important part to me right now. Cause I feel like we could literally put anyone on stage and people are so eager to get out and drink that like 100%. they're going to, sh- you build it, they will come. <laughs> yeah. But I think the, the important thing is not about informing them what's going on. It's about informing them that they, if they do choose to go out, that they will, we're, we're doing our part to make sure it's as safe of an environment as it could possibly be for them. Cause it really, there's no book on how to do this. Like everyone's yeah. writing right. the book it's as we go. Weird. We're just winging it. So-,
0: so, so like, it's crazy. It's like, Or before this you probably couldn't book just some local dj to come play up here and get 250 people in here just like on a
1: night which is a shame uh honestly because like there was a time before me before you before you know any of us were involved in the industry that it it was actually you know about the music yeah and it's really turned into about the name and where that name aligns on a a festival lineup and that's going to determine and how many tickets you sell and other how their
2: experiences too.
1: Yeah. Like it will. Yeah. And think of you all, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Think of all the music festivals that exist now too. And they're like, are they going to spend $17 to come to a show here? Or are they going to save up $17 a week for two months to go to a festival? And so, you know, it's made, it's, it's compared to where the music industry was even a decade ago, which is still before my time, things have made just like an incredible shift and it really sucks to, for those local artists to, you know, build their careers because unless they get a dope opening slot for someone that's big that's going to bring out, a, you know, a thousand people, it's really hard to get your name out there. It's not the easiest thing in the world or to build support from large artists that are going to share your work. Well, how do you stay on top of all that with all, like, these giant festivals and shit,
0: building these massive fucking lineups and people who in New Orleans who just not go to shows are saving up for going to a festival? Like, how do you, how do you get on top of that without, like, I wouldn't... Yeah, I guess how would you do it? Because I know how I would do it, but I want to know how you actually do it.
1: Um, so it's it's all about like, you know, radius. And there's it's not very hard um to go on the internet with like, you know, Google and Facebook that track your every move and your interests and everything like that to tell how many people from a, a certain area are interested in, in something else. And it's not hard to look at people's <laughs> social media feed to see who's interested in going to festivals and and do research to see who's bought their ticket like oh, you literally could go to Twitter and like if you want to look at someone's name and filter it by outside lands or any festival you could see if they've tweeted about it if they've shared anything about it if they bought a ticket for it so it's not hard to determine how many people from our area are interested in the festival and we take that information and we say like look EDC Las Vegas is happening this weekend so we either need to go fucking huge and and book a name that is going to like guarantee that people can't miss it around here or we're going to try and program less risky and smaller because we don't feel like we're going to be able to compete with the crowd that's going to be interested in this other thing happening it's it's tricky it's very it's very difficult sometimes to judge where to put your risk at when it comes to these other things happening because like i i get it like I'd love to go see a nine thousand foot stage with an owl shitting fire. <laughs> like like, yeah. Fucking right. Like I want to see that too, man.
2: <laughs> Maybe one day here.
1: Yeah. If you're listening to us, EDC, <laughs> make the owl shit fire.
2: He probably already does. We
1: have ideas.
2: I want I want I
1: want like someone coming and it's just fire. Coming fire. That would, yes. oof. If anyone watching this has chlamydia. <laughs> what kind of image does that put out? <laughs> reach out to Mitch. He would like to watch you come i thought that was well known already <laughs> fucking weirdo only if you come fire <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes do you dude. think dragons come fire dude 100 percent. yeah That's a good point good, good point thing. where does else you- does it come from well what come else from? well so if a dragon hmm. breathes fire that does that mean that a dragon doesn't have saliva like that the what what's wet that comes out of a dragon? What's hot? So I'm, I'm imagine if the mouth can make saliva, it can make wet and fire. It probably oh.
2: depends on his diet. Well, the, his, his, did, if,
1: did you it, just it,
0: assume the dragon's gender?
1: No. Uh, his diet. Wow. Dragon. Dra- wow. Dra- dra- oof twitter if you're watching drag this. cancel i Croswell. hashtag <laughs> cancel i good so how <laughs>
0: did mids. how did the coronavirus fuck you up man because i know you had a lot of bookings going on and shit like yes talk
1: to us been- uh, talk to us about brides
2: yeah. Brides. oh yeah so <laughs> like i said earlier i do a lot of wedding uh, videography on the side if i'm not shooting shows and um as soon as all this happened, obviously all the brides had to, you know, cancel and reschedule weddings or do it in a different, smaller fashion. So I had to pay back all these deposits and stuff because, you know, I didn't have a COVID clause in my contract. did? But, um, also there are people that I know and like, I care about my customers like, like you should. So when they do that, it would have been really bad to not pay their deposits back. Obviously it hurt me, uh, being at the very beginning of COVID, but, uh, that's just a speck compared to, you know, like a lot of losses everyone else has taken. So I got over that in, in about a week, you know, I did my moping and got over it, but there's other people that are still dealing with all their stuff. So, you know, yeah. but it was small, but I mean, we're supposed to have another wedding next month and it's going to be weird seeing how that is. Cause you know, everybody's going to be either acting weird or just confused. Cause... You may,
0: you may, you may uh, look at the bride. That's how that's how they, <laughs> You know, there's no kiss in that moment. You may air kiss the bride.
1: Fist bump the bride. Bump the bride. <laughs> you may give the bride some elbow. That's what I've been doing. i am giving people an elbow. elbow yeah, but I've been fist
2: bumping. That and then uh, on the show side of things, just uh, Buku Fest was a week away. And, you know, there's very, very close personal goals. I was going to shoot your set, you know. Yeah, I was so right, uh, yeah. Everybody was sad about that. I felt like that was the moment everyone from around here's heart really dropped. I know mm-hmm. it's fucking not that serious in a grand scheme of things, but... Everyone is super tired of that festival because Buku is like home to all of us. We've all had such great times there. And the,
1: the only thing good to come from, you know, I think Buku having to postpone, cancel, whatever, is that no one had to endure a taboo set. Oh, I think that if anything, the rough. run has saved it, us.
0: It was going to be the most New Orleans You're just style gonna play taboo
1: I, Joe set I was going to do. Again. If I have to hear Scream something about eating an ass that tastes like strawberries one more time well, well someone might have
2: eaten an ass on stage so that would have been a thing but what
1: did it taste like because the the fruit here is what's important i don't care about it eating been
2: strawberries
1: it, like is the girl from ponchatoula Oof. why why does it Womp taste ass. like strawberries second of all a strawberry Edinburgh. is not even a thing
0: it's like this it's like the snozberries.
1: markability dude you should have just said Snowsberries.
0: Well, Snozberries. I wasn't talking about Snowsberries. I'm talking about Snowsberries. Dude, I got
1: sued. Fucking an Oompa Loompa lawyer would have pulled up and be like, well, dude, that's <laughs> it, dude. cease and desist.
0: I have new songs that are about doing other sexual. All My my whole brand is just sexual into windows, okay?
2: No, we know. <laughs>
1: yeah, we, we've caught I on to that. I finished in 30 seconds and cried myself to sleep. That's <laughs> like <laughs> bass <laughs> noise. <laughs> Dubstep. I like it. I'll take it. I I enjoy (laughs) it. I I think it's pretty cool. You could actually sample this from the podcast and use it. I'm going to. And I'm not even going to be mad at it. I only want 10%. Chris isn't going to be impressed until you release Africa by Toto. Oh, no. My Oompa Loompa lawyer is going to show up with a cease and desist. When you say your Oompa Loompa lawyer, do you mean like a little guy?
2: So you're assuming that it's a guy?
1: Yeah. Wow. What's the Hashtag cancel taboo twenty twenty. <laughs> it's been that. I'm it's the only <laughs> one that hasn't said something offensive to a minority here. Let's get back to let's Jesus. get back to music.
0: Okay, well, all right. So, how about you tell me who's the best? Like, who's somebody that you are like a giant fucking fan of, and then you got
2: to shoot, and you were like pissing your pants about it. Uh, like, mm, a lot of them, honestly. I have a, a really personal tie to my work, so a lot of a lot of artists that I chase down to shoot. Uh, there's different reasons for, you know, different reasons why I want certain shots. You know, like I'll hear like with well, Kid Cuddy getting to shoot him, uh, like that's my favorite artist, so whenever. is so
0: funny when he said that? I got to I shoot. Know, Kit I, I, I know. I gotta
2: watch what I say on Twitter because a lot of times I'm like, I want to shoot so and so artist, but I, I, you know, obviously me. You like, hear that, Chris? Take T- Brad said shoes. he wants to shoot people. And every, yeah, I mean, I could obviously get. We could at. definitely
1: clip that and make it. Sound we, yeah, like, I uh, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I want to shoot on. Kit Cutty. <laughs> oh wow, Brad. I would love that,
2: but no. Anyway, <laughs> so Winter Circle brought him down here. Uh, I think it was 2017 and i uh, got the opportunity to shoot that and uh that was definitely the biggest like like whoa like this is cool like when every, does he like, become adult cuddy or uh, even teenage cuddy? never he's always yeah, that's kid cuddy scott miscutty never it's like ever, like never. little people like a little wayne when's he gonna become like know, so what was that meme we saw earlier it's like do you know an old wayne? do you know <laughs> an old person named justin yeah <laughs>
1: You're really? Wow. <laughs> wow. I've never met an old person named <laughs> like no baby's has. name's George. Like what? I don't know that I've ever met like a Justin that I liked either. Oh, fuck. Justin's one of those names. Think of mm-hmm. one. Justin Timberlake is the only cool Justin as far as I know. As what, I, I know, what, I know another good Justin. Bam. What
0: actually, I like, I like, actually, I don't know if I like this guy because he was like best friends with my brother and he would just God. come over on Christmas and, and break say, all the toys matter. and eat all your food. <laughs> no, he, he did eat all of our food <laughs> and he broke all of my toys on Christmas. Fuck Justin, that's man. He, you,
1: fuck Justin, dude. Justin, if you're watching this, fuck you. All the Justins, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but this Justin,
2: Justin. So that's fuck actually a question Justin. I was gonna ask Chris. Um, you know, like as far as you know, your passion being involved in your job. And obviously there's things that you want to do that you have uh, the ability to do based on the work that we do. It's like if I were to ask you what would be like your most incredible booking that you could do, which you probably have done. Because I know
1: you've done some, some mm-hmm. wild what stuff. Would be like my question even, for him, but not okay. you. Sorry. I'm sure I'm I apologize. With you. I'm fucking yeah. with you. Well, you no, because you asked me that. that Brad's isn't... asking the questions now. Fuck Mitch. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what's I, up, it, Brad? Oh, fuck Mitch. Welcome to, to Brad talks. Yeah. Brad talks with. <laughs> hey, i will be, be talking.
2: i will be talking.
1: You do be talking. <laughs> Bitches be talking. You be sending memes. Wait, so what... Give me the exact question so the qu- you are good at work Yeah, I, uh, that I don't sucked. know. Yeah, That's I'm so-
2: sorry. Um, <laughs> so, if you were to be able to put on any kind of event, personally, like if it... like Disregard ticket sales, disregard the numbers. The cost of whatever it is. Yeah. Disregard all that, like based on, I have access to a venue, I want to go crazy, it's... Let's do it. And uh, an artist was down, like as big as it could be what would be that artist like who who would you want to come bless this place that either they might have already been here or they might not have
1: but who would it be if that was any better oh god so i think that if i had to do you know one just massive show that that's like an incredibly tough question I know. like my music tastes are all over the fucking field but whoever it would be, and I'm still thinking about that, as long as I'd have 20 EDM photographers on stage blocking <laughs> everyone's view, I think it'd be a good experience. Hey, uh, i try to stay um, out the way. Um,
2: no, hey, I mean, you're you getting our way. you up there with the cell phone.
1: Back there, yeah, live stream. No, he just
0: walks across <laughs> the front of the stage. He just walks yeah. across. You have
1: to assert dominance, dude. <laughs> I pee on the CDJs before every show. <laughs> um, so do I. So that's real weird. So like, oh wow. Wait, well, I We're do it. On, I do it
0: on stage while I'm playing.
1: I've never seen that. I've never seen that. Oh wow, that's. Fake. I'm actually
0: that's talking about it while I'm doing it
1: mm. on the mic. Oh wow, yeah,
0: yeah. Never booked.
1: Yeah, just don't again. pay attention. Didn't pull that shit up. God. You know? So b- if I could just book any person that I'd want to play my stage. Um. Does it have to be a certain genre? Or no, mean, not at, at all. Anybody. Like
2: just a realistic musical artist that you would love to. Well, put you just on said an anyone. Yeah, no, like no, 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 not,
0: not realistic, unrealistic. we well, know no unreal. like
2: alive is what I'm saying. Like, alive. Like alive. alive. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's, Some, the, that's I get like like physically that, that could happen. Fuck,
1: man. I guess that that narrows it down a little bit. Maybe. I think that if I could put any one person on my stage, it would probably be. Pharrell Williams or Ooh. Outcast. Outcast Ooh. is it? I think. Crazy. I think. Actually, I love Pharrell, but I'm gonna have to go with Outcast on that one. That'd be yeah.
0: such a sick show, New Orleans. And that would right fit.
1: On the stage. I mean, yeah, it would fit here. That would be. I, dope. I'm just you know thinking about Outcast and thinking about everything they stood for through their career and their discography. I just think that it would be. A fucking a fucking vibe, man. Yeah, I just think that I, I can't imagine anyone goes to an Outcast show to cause any trouble. And those are my favorite shows. When you have like when we did J Rock here and and a few other people, where it seemed like everyone in the crowd was just here to have a good time. No one wanted to start shit with anyone. No one wanted to. People just wanted to come here and fucking listen to good music and yeah. have a good time. And those are the best shows to me because you you could look out in a crowd during a show and just see everyone just fucking moving together. And that's what music is about. It's about togetherness. It's about, you know, speaking that universal language that I talked about earlier. And I feel like if there's any group that I'm a fan of, but have also, you know, done their part to create this language that we all speak, I think that outcast has been one of the most influential, one of the most influential acts in the history of music and hip hop. Good answer, Dave. What about, what about,
0: what's the... Well, it was like an artist that you really wanted to get in the stage. Like he, it was really fucking hard, but you got him up here. Like your favorite? No, I wouldn't say favorite. Like, what's 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 like an artist you're like, fuck man, I don't know if we can get him up here, and then you got him. You, you really all did I did that. Madness. I didn't
1: personally get him. You know, working with Winter Circle and Buku, but right, whenever right. We got a phone call uh, before Buku. I think it was 2018, and they were like, "Hey, we're announcing Dead Mouse at Republic," and I Oof. was like, "I was like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking funny, dude." That's fucking hilarious. And they're like, no, really, we're announcing Dead Mouse at Republican. I was like, you're really telling me that you're announcing Dead Mouse in a thousand cap venue in New Orleans. And I know like, Jacob would say the yeah. same thing. In in that show to me, like, you know, that's probably like one of the things that, that's the only time I've cried at a show. And like, I'm a fucking manly man. If you know me, I don't cry. Dude, I know a lot
0: of men, and you're one of them for real.
1: Like, I I'll skin a <laughs> mule deer right now. Like, you don't know I'm, how. I'm what? You do not know how, or I don't know how. You do not know. I how. can skin a deer faster than you can do anything. <laughs> Except, go piss, come back. There will be a fully field dressed <laughs> deer. Like, no. It, well, and so, like, fuck, it was. You might know how. You know, okay. I watched Dead Mouse's whole set at Buku that day, and then he played here that night. And. It, like he, him and Rez? Yeah, it was him, yeah. Rez, and no mana. And uh, Rez is about to go on because she was closing for him. And. um. She's like setting up and he's like, no, nah, I got one more song. And like, he, he goes, he like, it's quiet and he goes, is this what you motherfuckers wanted? And then you hear Strobe start to play. And He <laughs> didn't play Strobe at like Buku or anything like that. And, you know, that's like the quintessential electronic track. Like, there's no better song than it in the electronic music world as far as I'm concerned, in my own personal opinion. And I was like, I looked at uh, Jason Starkey from Raven who was sitting right there running uh, our, like, our our board. And I was like, He's, he's a huge Deadmau5 fan. I'm like, yo, Deadmau5 is playing fucking strove on our stage right now. <laughs> yes. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah. And like, dude, like tears just started rolling down my face. I was like, man, if you would have told me in 2013 when I started here as like a ticket scanner that I was going to be able to help people experience something like that in this room, I would have been like, you fucking crazy. But, you know, we did it. Watch. We fucking sent it.
0: Full we'll sent
1: it. And full sent it and it happened. And, like, that's just, like, you know, you, you say think of, like, who you'd want here if you had any budget or anything like that. But electric, electronic music-wise, if I wouldn't have already had him, I'd say it'd be someone like Deadmau5. Yeah, I mean, that man's that, been so, yeah. so uh, influential on, like, how we experience electronic music um, as a whole that, like, I don't think that it gets, I mean I mean, I'd love to have a Skrillex DJ set up there. I think that if it was right now in this moment, if someone said, you have any amount of money to have someone – um DJ here. I'd be like, that would be dangerous. Call Skrillex. Dangerous. Call Skrillex. I want Skrillex on the <laughs> phone now. <laughs> Get me sunny Moore.
0: What are your favorite types of shows to have on the stages here? Like, as far as like electronic jam bands, like funk bands, rap shows,
1: not taboo sets. Yeah, anything except for taboo is an A plus. And, <laughs> um, and it's it's probably uh you know I love electronic music. So obviously what we do the most of um my favorite shows to have here from a personal experience and like actually watching the show is jam band shit during jazz fest cuz you know we we put on the with with some guys from new york we put on these shows that have uh, like members from like fucking dead and company people that play mm-hmm. music with like john mayer in fucking arenas and they're here playing these like grateful dead tribute shows in like just watching these guys play these instruments, like we're talking about guys in their fifties and sixties that have been, been playing their entire life, been playing since the seventies. And like just watching the pure proficiency, and like they don't go in. I, I've been in the green room when they go over a set list. I've been in the, like, and they literally just write down the first word of the song title and what key it's in, and they they don't practice. Mm-hmm. They just go up there knowing exactly what key a song's going to be in, and each song's like fifteen minutes of just pure fucking music it's just pure like musical talent and those to me are so entertaining to watch and most of the people that are here are like old retired cpas that are like microdosing, and so like they hear the music and everything like that but you know at, at shows i stay sober 99 of the time so i'm like just sitting there looking at these guys like Jeff Cimenti from Dead & Company playing keyboard, and his eyes are closed and his head's tilted up, but the motherfucker's hands are moving faster than anything I've ever seen, and he never misses a lick. Mm-mm. And, like, I'm never going to be that good at anything in my life. <laughs> no, never. you will not. I, I won't, and, and I've accepted that. But, like, to, to just be able to admire these people's ability, like, how hard they had to work to get to where they are now on on a proficiency scale in their career, like Brad's never going to take a picture that's mm. as good as Jeff Cimenti is at keyboard. I'm never going to no, press that's play. That's fair. That's fair. That's why it's fun, though. Yeah, these guys didn't have a sync button. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm never going to press play <laughs> the way that, but that guy. But <laughs> in that
1: question from Mitch to me, and since Brad hijacked Mitch's job, really, Brad, what are your favorite shows to shoot? Is it hip hop? Dude, I was literally about like, to ask that question, Chris. Is it electronic? Is it? Uh,
2: personally, um, I like shooting. Y'all sets because they're fun because I I I know y'all um, y'all being you taboo clutch body all the all the homies down here mm-hmm. S fam obviously implied but uh, those um, and I love hip hop I love hip hop shows but really haven't gotten too many opportunities to shoot those other than like at Buku and stuff so haven't had too many of those but I would say like I said y'all and and like hip hop. Hip hop shows like Kid <laughs> cause Kid Cudi, that show was just that that put me on such euphoria, and, and like Anderson Park, uh, and that's, that's more than hip hop, but uh, just shows with, with with drums, anything like live instruments, like the Boogie Trio set at Voodoo uh, was that two two years ago on Sunday, it was beautiful. It's some of my favorite pictures, and just because yeah. like the music and the atmosphere and the people kind of just do the work for you. So the shows that. Uh, that, that look good, I guess, makes sense. Man, photographers you know, like, just
1: love it when everyone else does things for them. No, I, no, a and, and, yeah. The I, crowd does their thing, the DJ does their you being thing, funny, and I just no, press but a button like, and I take a, all the credit.
2: No, it's a big, that's why I'm saying this, it's a big process. When it looks big, you got to get the venue, you got to get the people that book the show, you got to get the light guy, shout out Tony, Tony's a G. Um, different people like that, that just do everything, like me and Carlos, whenever we, we y'all put too much smoke out and we're shooting a show, we're like we need to turn the smoke off. Like there's way too much smoke because we know like what'll look good in a picture. And I know the picture's not everything, but stuff like that where you're able to you know read the environment and you know like what people want to see. And, and and just things to that
1: piggyback off that. Like a picture's not everything, but it it is it's so incredibly valuable in helping people re- retain that memory. Because like, that's
2: that's that's the biggest point is like that. I mean, like I said earlier, I like being able to give y'all stuff to remember certain moments, like family photos and whatnot. That's special and it's special to everybody out there. You know, like there's people that go and see like their favorite artists and like, you know, they get to take that picture with their favorite artist and they want to find their little head or their hand that's up there. You know, it's like just it's the little things like that that just make experiences funner. Cause I'm a huge fan of going to shows. And like mm-hmm. when I'm at shows out of town that I have no idea of how to, you know, get involved with shooting, I just go to enjoy them and I'm in the crowd and I'm just sitting there thinking, like, man, like that's, that's what I would do or like that would make me feel good about this show or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. Just anything that like is personally tied, I guess. Fuck yeah, yeah. dude! Like one. Chris, what is up with this wook wall, bro?
1: <laughs> I do not speak for the wook wall. <laughs> um, I love the wook wall. <laughs> God, it you know it it's just. This like, sp-
0: first, explain what it is, and then finish what you're just about it's to this say.
1: This fucking brick wall across the street from here, <laughs> and like we we had our security do such a decent job at stopping people from bringing in a listen illicit substances and shit like that are doing them on the premises. Cause like that's it, a liability for us that they just started to like congregate <laughs> at this wall across the street. And that's where now like the wookiest of the wook that come to the shows. And like, I'm, don't, don't take wook as an insult. Like, I mean, I love wooks. I, I make fun of them every day, but I love the shit out We, of them. we
2: know if everybody knows what we're you, talking yeah, about you, here. You, if you, you've been you to know, a show in the past two years, one
1: of the most rewarding things for my career is the amount of people that come to shows that I recognize, that recognize me, and we always, like, they're always, like, they'll stop me and ask how I'm doing that night. And Mm -hmm. they see me running around like a crazy person. And, like, you know, those people really are, like, a family. Like, the Wook family, like, they look after one another. And for them to, like, consistently stop me and, like, say, like, hey, how are you? It makes me feel like, you know, an honorary Wook. Mm -hmm. And fuck yeah. Um, (laughs) But no, the Wook wall is a monster that I created on Twitter. And so one day I coined the wall as the Wook Wall and instead of them being like, yeah, we probably shouldn't hang out by this random wall on a sidewalk as much as they were like, fuck it, it's the Wook Wall now. And they got like a city ordinance sign. Probably. And uh, they spray painted it. Somebody, I don't know, not they, somebody spray painted it. Somebody like, Fucking look like, yeah, like I know, but, yeah, but I'm, not, I'm not. gonna non-Wook. say. I'm not gonna
2: say they all painted it together. As in, they, it was a it was fucking was one trans Wook, fan. Hopefully,
1: it was tra- above and beyond. Spray painted Wook wall. A <laughs> big drum and bass head out there, <laughs> fucking with his bald head and high socks. Charles, Gary, Edward, or <laughs> Kendama King. He spray painted it. I heard Carlos did it. Carlos did it. Uh, that's what I heard. Carlos, <laughs> Mencia, no.
2: See, <laughs> <laughs> he, like stealing jokes
1: now he would have stole the wall too yeah he stole the wall right. it's that is a wok now <laughs> and so like every now and then we make little jokes of <laughs> the wok wall and everything like that and it's pissed off the hotel across the street but guess what they've made noise complaints at us so we're even <laughs> yeah well it's new orleans like what so what if we you come to then? new orleans like, and it's loud they're like, they're like, they're like complaining about the uh, the Wook wall like we're not over there yeah but also like they they complain they've had made numerous noise complaints against us and i was like all right you want to play that game <laughs> I'll create a new city outside of your hotel that you can do city, nothing about. Hooverville. Where there's
0: a whole bartering system. Wooks attack!
1: <laughs> you want to see a protest? Take the Wook Wall away. They will attack police with Poi. No, they won't. They'll go
2: down. The, they'll go around the corner and do what they were Have doing. Have you ever there. seen
1: them spin the light things? I don't want to fuck with them. That <laughs> yeah, dude, give them some nunchucks. It's over with, bro. Some plurchucks. Like,
0: yeah, some plurchucks. Like, you, you seen a condom, dude? If you could you be. <laughs> How, how about this? If you could be good, good at, at that that.
1: one thing in the world that you currently know nothing about, what would it be? Insert Chris talks joke here.
2: Computer programming.
1: That's that's valid. That's a that is a skill that is going to have value for the rest of our lifetime. Yeah,
0: if I could be a master nice. of that, computer programming, or the piano, I'd love to be a master. No, actually, I know a lot about it, so I'm not a master, but computer program. You understand
1: music theory to a the point where you could break right. down a, a, the exactly. a scales on a piano. What yeah. about you, Brad? If you could be good at one thing? I wish I
2: could draw. I, draw. Mean, I always say that. Uh, I envy people that can draw very well. It's, it's so satisfying watching somebody. Singing would be cool. Singing. Chris I mean, says yeah. he could I'll sing, lie, but that, then
0: I heard him get on stage and do Avril Lavigne. And it was fucking horrible. It was the wrong key. <laughs> it's
1: not me. It's her. <laughs> okay. Avril Lavigne, if <laughs> <That's> you're watching <laughs> this, have a deeper voice.
2: How many people do you th- how many famous do you think Elon Musk and Avril Levine are watching this? That'd be cool. Yes. I
1: think they're the only ones watching it. <laughs> Two viewers. <laughs> what about how you, else Chris? are they gonna formulate their opinion on anything in the world? Elon might collab with Avril Levine. He makes music. Dude, H- Chris, wh- what
0: about you? What would you do if you could if you could <laughs> do that thing that you just asked I'd, us?
1: I'd be <laughs> a sword forger.
0: Cause that just, has, seriously,
1: <laughs> or are you a yeah, your like I like I think that... That would be camaraderie is coming back. It seems like it would be a very, very relaxing career slash hobby to be able... And it's not an easy thing to get into. And the, you, there's there's work to be done in it, making movie props and shit like that. And like there's legitimate sword collectors that want replicas of swords. And like I just watch it and I'm like, man, I think it'd be super badass to not only make swords... But be fucking awesome at making swords. Where people come from all over the world to get a sword. Not just a sword. A sword made by you. So it was a serious question. It's like the Kill
0: Bill. Like that fucking, uh, what's the sword name that she had? The
1: Katana? I don't know the name of the sword. You know
2: what I've always wondered? Like if you go to some like crazy city on vacation. And you like end up, like in New Orleans especially. They sell all kind of weird shit here. Come to New Orleans on vacation with no plans on buying like a replica sword from some like antique shop. How do you get the sword home? You sneak it through the airport? You can't no. <laughs> you do you tape it to the, the to the wing or
1: you just kind of walk in with confidence <laughs> with and a see what happens. You just got to walk with a purpose sneak it through TSA. If you bro. look like you belong, no one will give a fuck. Or hear me out, while you're buying the sword in New Orleans, you also <laughs> either pay off or buy a TSA uniform from someone. <laughs>
0: I want to switch topics to go back to, like, some music stuff. So, Chris, being a guy that kind of gave Brad and I a shot here when we came up and wanted to do something, you probably deal with that a lot with people coming up and wanting to do some shit, dude. Yeah. What's some of the most wrong ways that someone has done that? Good question. <laughs> yeah.
1: Really good question. Um, it, It's all about wording and how you approach something. So, like... Um, the worst way you could do it is just being dishonest about where you are in your level of music production and where you like, like people coming up and saying like, yo, I've been making music. I'm the next big thing. Like I'm the hottest like person, like coming up in the city and stuff like that. And it's like, well, you you need to have the fucking analytics to back it up because the mm-hmm. first thing I'm going to do is look at you and you have, you have less followers than my dog on Instagram then like I'm gonna be like, yo, maybe you aren't the next big thing coming up. Why would you tell and, and I'm all about being confidence, but I'm also about being realistic mm-hmm. because I'll absolutely give anyone a shot to to play a slot as an opener or something like that to, you know to where I could experience how they perform, how they handle themselves and whatnot. But I don't want someone that uh, it's when people act like they know it all because I don't even know it all and I've been doing this for a while now. And when people just come in too overconfident, that really just rubs me the wrong way. Where I'm like, just be humble. Yeah. Because, like, I know what I'm doing, but I'm never going to walk into a room with a bunch of other people that buy talent and be like, I'm the next big talent buyer out there. I, like, I know how to do this. Like, they do also. So, like, and, and another thing too is, like, I, being someone that has studied and understands music theory, when someone sends me music, And like if you're going to make music like and I'm all for people like as a hobby or whatever, just make sure that it makes sense theoretically. Make sure that, you know, you're 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 playing like in a correct chord progression and in the sounds good actually like know what you're talking about. And if you don't know what you're talking about or you don't know what you're doing, ask someone that does, because more than likely there's someone out there, especially in a community like ours in New Orleans, that is going to help you, that's going to be willing to like show you or like and be willing to accept criticism that's a, oh that's another big one I'm gonna just go on all day with this yeah uh if if a local or anyone isn't able to accept criticism like people when they play here for the first second third time they'll they'll usually stop me and ask me like what'd you think of my set people ask me what they, I thought their said the whole time and sometimes I'm like you know for the most part I'm, I'm gonna be honest i am be like look I think that it was, like, you read the crowd well. I think that, it, you know, the track choice was fine. But I think your mixing could use some work. And they, like, some some of them look taken aback and they're like.
2: You're just trying to better those people. You're not hating. Yeah, no, not hating You're, no, you're not just hating trying, to, you're trying like, to
1: grow. I'm not, not going to book you again, but I'm just saying, like, you know, your mixing needs a little bit of work. Like, you can't go, like, 128 into 144 and, like, just put a filter over it and think that the world's going to be yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: are to open up the show with throwing elbows.
1: Yeah, don't play other fucking DJs or the opener. Great. Yeah, well, that, that's I hate another, that. That's another big thing. Know your place in, in like, um and that's but like. I mean, the question was really like, whenever people are asking to play here and shit like right. that, what's something that turns you know, the wrong way? But like, if you're an opener and you think it's okay to play throwing elbows or like a bitch, those two songs <laughs> specifically,
2: please just don't. Don't.
1: Just remove it from your USB completely. You could keep every other song you have on there. I don't, I do not care. But if you have Throwing Elbows and like a bitch in any remix, form, or fashion, you hate Excision. Just, no, I don't hate Excision. (laughs) I think Excision has done brilliant things for the incredibly chaotic electronic music scene because mm-hmm. that's that all that music sounds like to me at this point is chaos Like chaos dude, there's it's definitely just insanely a, aggressive chaos there's there's definitely like a place and a time for it it's just never a place where i'm at by myself or time that i ever exist in <laughs> like i respect it i get the crowd that likes it i i have nothing but you know admiration for it way too chaotic for me at this point in my career after like you know being through 800 plus concerts. Have you ever had you ever had
0: a guy come up to you like mid show or, or at the end of the show like hella fucked up with like a like SoundCloud link? Like like dude, you gotta listen to my shit, man. I love play like oh, you just I've, loud I've, I've shit. had
1: people stop me outside and like try and put an Android in my face. And first of all, if you have an <laughs> you have an Android, don't talk to me. I thought that if was your clear. text saying blue. If your text saying blue, it ain't for you. Like <laughs> so um uh, and yeah, no. I've had people stop me on the sidewalk and be like, "Yo, you want to hear me rap right now?" And it's like four in the morning, and I've been here sixteen hours, and be like, N- "Literally, no. I don't want to hear you rap right I wanna now." I want To see you make me something. To eat. And that's not saying that I don't want to hear what your art is at some point or another, but at like four a.m. on a so Saturday had after a guy I work, come see? up
0: to me and ask me that at four a.m. Bro, you want to hear me rap? <laughs> if, I've never had that happen, but if it did, I'd be so about i like, dude,
2: please. That's the living in thing. Baton Rouge, That shit happens all the time. People are like, "Yo, we want to buy my CD." all the time
0: i had had a guy do it to him uh actually do that to me like in the middle of his show just
2: show me your your spotify like not while i'm
0: playing but like i was about to go on he's like dude we got a link man like like let's check it
2: Uh, But uh, and then just starts going i was like
0: what it was it was awesome
1: i'm glad it happened we need to unnormalize every like uh i I wouldn't even say local but everyone just like fucking wanting to collab with everyone because like here's the thing you need to have a certain level of chemistry as an artist to be able to collab with someone and it yeah. be done well. Right. You can't just collab with anyone and like both our names are... Because the idea behind it is you combine your following, I combine my following, we make something together. And now we have like, a, you know, a shared following that will then help the song get its out. But that's not how it works because it doesn't matter if 50,000 people follow you or 50 people follow you. If you don't have any chemistry with that person, you make a, 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 a doo doo track. Right. It's not going to take off. because I've it's done some doo-doo doo collabs. Trip. Yeah. Yeah. You you have to. You have to to yeah. understand what... It, it, same way you've done doo-doo collabs, I've done doo-doo events with people. And guess what? Whenever I figured out that I didn't have chemistry and putting on an event with certain promoters and people, we don't do it again.
0: What are some uh, doo-doo... Uh, um stories you've had of uh artists some people that like you like were really stoked to have or you thought were just gonna be the nicest people i mean you don't have to say artist names if you don't want to but also you could be like fuck it i'll
1: say whatever i want, I want. To. man you know there there's been a lot of experiences that i i could say have been like less than ideal where not only did i have high expectations for the artist but other friends within the industry have like spoken highly of them and said like Oh, they're so nice. They're so cool. Like, we enjoyed having them. Um, and I get that, like, variables change. Like, a lot of times, um, artists will, you know, if they have a rough day of travel or if they're on, like, fucking week 30 of tour, like, they're not yeah. going to be... Uh, They're not going to act the same way that they would under different circumstances. But, um, no, I mean, I've had definitely had some... I've had an artist have their manager try and hold me up in the green room bathroom over like $750 in cash because the contract that we signed with the agent said we wouldn't be settling in cash. And the tour manager came up to me and says, yo, where's our cash? And I said, there is no cash. And he was like, what you mean there's no cash? And I was like, <laughs> it's like a forward sins dude. There's no cash. <laughs> uh, and he's like, no, we ain't going on if we don't get this in cash. And I was like, then don't go on. It's fine. We'll just get our deposit back from your agent. Like, you don't need... We, Look, if you would like to cancel on your behalf, then fine. Like, I would love to have your artist perform. I would love for everything to go as planned. But if you are so tight-pressed to go against the contract that your representative signed, then by all means, go. It's fine. The the world will continue to spin. We will continue to have shows. You'll hopefully continue to breathe and get better at understanding simple sentences. (laughs) But yeah, no, I've had someone like push me up against the wall and like rough me up and be like, Yo, if you don't give us that 750 cash, we're going to have a problem. I was like, "Please hit me." I'm like, "Please, like it's 750 bucks, dog." I'll like not to like be that guy. I was like, "I'll go to the ATM right now and get 750 bucks like just cuz like it's not to show you how insignificant of an amount of money it is when you talk about the grand screen of the music industry." Right. And I know you guys are torn and doing okay, like like do you really need the 750 that bad, dog? Just wait right a- now. Like that's not what the contract is. Yeah, and it's not what the contract says, and I'm sorry, but if I have a legally binding document, we're going by what the legally binding document says. Um, I've had, I've, I've had a ton of experiences that, um, like have gone negatively, I think as an attribute to people, not understanding a contract, not actually reading the contract, not actually reading a contract, probably the most popular form of, uh, I don't even read dude. So, well, you're from Mississippi, (laughs) um, terrible, not surprising at all. Just like I can't do simple math. They it
2: made like it time. the hardest state to spell too. I don't know why they did. Did right.
1: Uh, my favorite part about Mississippi is probably time travel. Yeah, like, it's fucking right, weird. when you go in and you're back in the 1950s, it's crazy. fucking weird. How do you it's, feel about how do you feel about a uh, Sippy changing their uh, their state flag? Dude,
0: go for them, man. Uh, I fucking I'm I'm proud of them, but I mean I just don't know if it's actually going to change. They just have so many old like minds back there i just like i want it to but i just don't see it really coming Old together people,
1: if you're listening to this <laughs> die <laughs> die already so we can change we'll be part. fine wow. without you we promise
0: but we just say for the most part though like uh, you know everyone's pretty nice to come up
1: everyone the majority of my experiences have all been perfectly fine and professional yeah, yeah. um i've definitely dealt with like touring support or like Um, a support like a national touring act that came in as a support for a bigger act not knowing their place and being like over the top diva I I think I've dealt with more particular artists in divas than I've dealt with necessarily rude artists or people that were directly rude to me yeah um but it's it's simple things like I had to get Fiji water instead of smart water and they're (laughs) like but this isn't smart water I'm like but it's still way too expensive for a bottle of water. So <laughs> is that not like tickle your fancy? Right. Do you feel like your net worth will drop if you drink this water over that water? Uh, I'll taste both of them for you. And I'm sure they'll both hydrate me. Like, just calm the fuck down. And I get it. People are particular. And people like to feel at home everywhere they go. And they, and they want to have their own special thing. But sometimes it's just not possible. And we always explain when we can't get something that like we looked everywhere. We, we did what we could. But we sorry we couldn't find this. When people still get upset after that, if we said, like, like what else do you expect? I, I'm not going to, like, fucking Harry Potter it out of the sky. Like, it's not going to, if it, I can't make it exist, I can't make it exist. And people are just rude sometimes when things aren't 100% perfect. And guess what? We don't live in a 100% perfect world. I never expect, if, I've never gone up to an artist after a show and been like, yeah, I heard you fuck up that cue three minutes in. What the fuck? <laughs> Like I, I paid for a perfect show. We paid. A, like, how, how dare you I make a mistake? I thought I was booking a professional. But, yeah. a robot.
0: <laughs> What's the oh, weirdest shit. picture? shit! Mitch
1: coughed. We have to leave the room. Yeah,
0: dude, I went to I went to fucking Alabama, dude. Who knows what happened?
1: Rest in peace, Mitch. Draper. I'm I. saying this in advance for if he does die from coronavirus. Dude, if
0: I do die and you're the first person to say R.I.P., I'm glad
1: I'm dead. All right, word. That's what everyone says. Like when I when I like people see me on my motorcycle or whatever, like. Be careful, like you know, it's crazy out there. It's dangerous, and I'm like, duh. Like, I didn't buy a fucking motorcycle to be safe. I didn't buy a motorcycle to survive. Like, if I die when you
0: pull out your sword, you're like, I'm okay.
1: (laughs) If I die on my motorcycle, trust me, I was smiling. Yeah, uh, like this is fucking sick. And then I died. Like,
0: that's how I feel about life, man. It's just like, fuck it, dude. We're gonna die anyway. Let's just get back to
1: living. Yeah, that's a good sentiment. Yeah. Or because there's a lot of people out there like, you know, you only live once. So don't fucking do anything. Put on a helmet. like <laughs> Right. And like, You're
2: I don't put on a helmet. at least go ride the bike.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm there you go. That's that's another good one, man. You should write books. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Brad Croswell does have a book, uh, Nostalgia, volume one uh, featuring fo- photographs from his career. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at I Croswell to order yours today. Thank you for the ad. I didn't even pay for that. Now you, you actually
0: have to pay me because it's on my podcast. Yeah, so there I'm you go. gonna
1: invoice Mitch. We'll then invoice you because <laughs> this voice work doesn't come for free. Now you're doing well. <laughs> I had to pay so much money to get Chris on here today, dude. My time is way more valuable than both of these guys, and like honestly, I haven't checked Twitter in like an hour, and I'm He's shaking. It's fucking my fucking shaking.
0: All right, Brad. What's the weirdest fucking picture that uh you've you've like someone's re- asked you to take?
2: Mm. I don't know about weird, but like some it's always aggravating when people stop you in the crowd, especially like if you're in a dark 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 venue and you're in the back of the crowd and I don't carry my flash on me at all times and they stop and ask for a picture. They don't understand that like if you don't have a flash it's like not possible, it's not going to look good. And right. I'm just trying to keep it moving and get where I'm trying to go. But weird uh I don't know about weird. Uh No one's really asked me to do anything crazy with that. Yeah.
0: I had a I had a photographer uh, booked during New Year's and I got he walked into the green room and I'm butt naked and I'm like oh uh, yeah I got, right. well yeah I my you cowboy didn't, hat over my over my dick and i'm like okay take a picture of me real quick and he's like uh, okay
2: <laughs> yeah no i don't know i always find it corny when people are like take a picture of me doing this looking like this it's like if you gotta think about it that hard you're thinking about the instagram picture and not exactly that.
0: that's that was but the sometimes I was no i
2: get it i get that that's an, you think and, i just get naked and put no, a cowboy hat I, over my dick you for do fun? i've seen you do it a couple times okay where yeah, have. no but <laughs> i mean I, I get the whole need for like promotional photos and, whatnot, and like you have to promote a certain brand or a certain sound that you're going with, and you certain pictures go with that. But I don't know, I I, I don't really like when people are like, "I need a shot of this because mm. of that." It's like, let me do my job, and if it comes out, it comes out. But that's just me. I, I don't, I don't like I've being been trying to come out, man. It's just not happening. Yeah.
0: Well, well, we've been talking for a minute, so I just want to ask, like, when are shows coming back, Chris?
1: Fuck, I don't know, man. You know, right now we're we're planning on being open for the foreseeable future. Right now, we're at a limited 25-person capacity. We don't know when to expect that to open up more. But as soon as we are legally allowed to let more people in and feel like we could do it in a safe manner, we will make those steps. Um, But shows are back. You just don't expect anything big. We're doing what we can. And if it's not big enough for you to come out, then fucking stay home. I don't care. We don't need you. We're going to continue to have a good time here, and we're positive that there's enough people in our music scene that would love to support these local artists that we will have no issue filling up this room every night that we're open and we we encourage you to come out and support these uh, these local artists they're the ones that you know needed the most they've been at home trying to you know like be perfect their art and their form for this entire quarantine and didn't have these giant like stacks of money that all these mega producers and DJs have to say like quarantine's been so rough i have creators block but yeah you make fucking 25 grand a show. And there's an audio in the background right yeah and so like um you know i encourage everyone even though these shows aren't going to be as big and grand as what we've experienced in the past um come out come show some support and i promise you as fans you will get the same level of support back from your artists when they create more vibrant art from the inspiration that you
2: it's kind of something I was talking about to Mitch about earlier is, um, you know, all these smaller independent venues that are going through all this tough time right now, and they're still having to spend money putting on these live streams, uh, like y'all have done like that. That's not just free. You can't just do nope, that. Nothing's free. And, and not only is it the money, but the, the time and the work that you put into that. So like me and Mitch were talking earlier about like what like we could do to like possibly just, you know, help smaller venues in any kind of way. And it's interesting seeing all these artists support all these different venues and whatnot, but I mean, for the first time in probably three or four years, when I came the other day for the for the house set, I I bought tickets and it felt good and it felt right, like just to buy tickets for a venue that you work for, because to support y'all and to help y'all do that, and I just I hope that everyone does that. Come buy a drink, come support. uh, Do what you you can to do a lot for a venue that's just you you know working for you.
1: We we never let an artist that plays an event to the public here go unpaid. So like when you do pay at the door. That goes right back into the pockets of the artists you know we we base how much we're going to pay our locals based off how much our door brings in and so um we like to take care of people and 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 make sure that they know that their time and work is appreciated um so when you buy that ticket when you come here and pay cover you aren't like it's not going into my pocket i'm not going to eat better because you decide i'm not like fucking over here mr burns like excellent <laughs> like, I'm, like i'm fucking like it it really is a full circle we all look after each other in a way that like you paying cover or buying a ticket is helping that artist to be able to eat at night and that artist eats at night and sees people come out and show that support. they get inspired they make better art in turn it's full circle it's the circle of life in music and we're all a part of it and so it's very important that we all like do our best to do our part in it so that it could continue to survive even in the face of um, a very like unforeseen circumstantial time that has put a huge blow in like all the progress we had made up until that point you know, a lot has regressed since the world went crazy and uh, we're only gonna come back stronger if we all work together all artists promoters and fans alike
0: hmm what do you think of these drive-in shows right now
1: um i've only seen Mm-mm. the the price like structure it. for one dude and it's- what the Fuck, fuck, right? What the fuck?
2: You better they better give you a down payment on a car for that. Like you better yeah. get a, you better a new get little car in your that. car,
1: and then there's like four hundred dollars on the front seat and you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah, uh, that was funny. <laughs> no. Good joke, guys. No, like no. What the fuck? No, also oh, that's just that uh, like, so I it's not gonna be safe. Now let's think of the fucking in the midst of a pandemic where no one's working, and like you have a historical high, unemployed amount of people in America, you're gonna ask these people to Buy a ticket to your event, then drive their car that they have to pay for to your event. Wear and tear on their car, gas for their car, get to the event, and then have to experience it from their car, which takes away from the whole experience. Like, unless you have a car with a decent sound system, you're listening to through it through like highs, mm-hmm. and then drive their vehicle back home. Yeah, no. that's like the kicker. that's that, like, that's my line. That's like my. You big can't point. even
0: order an Uber, dude. What if you're drunk, bro? You yeah. just get a DUI right after the show.
1: Yeah, well, that's another thing. Like, you know, I'm not condoning the use of drugs or like drinking or whatever, like that, but like, that's a huge part of electronic music culture is like, you know, people drink and do other things in order to elevate their experiences. And I think that, you know, they can't do that safely in an environment where there's fucking a thousand people in cars. You're going to have like 20 rear endings just like leaving the parking lot. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's like leaving a show at Red Rocks. Like, oh, you, know, God. You, you got all those people, you got 20,000, a sold out show at Red Rocks, is 20,000 people, I mean, driving down from different angles, down, down a dark mountain. Yeah. yeah. It's scary every time. So the imagine, lot. I mean, all those people sitting in their car and like people are more like private and can, you know, I mean, Leaving we, we all know Rocks. why, we all know why that's, that's not a good idea, but I mean, power to them, they're giving people what they want and they're trying to make it work, but you can't, I don't like doing it for that much money. That, really? That's, that's just the,
0: I think they're weird, man. I don't know how I feel about them, but I mean, I
1: think it's—I
2: mean, it's I mean, adaptation, but I, think I hope it's not it a thing for happened, the long term.
1: I think that if drive-in raves would have happened like way, way sooner, with all this started months ago, it would make a lot more sense. But now that we're on like—and I'm—I'm not saying that like we're on the down decline of the virus because it's still very much a real thing. But now that like we are starting to see ways that the CDC recommends that we could open up safely um it's just too late and it's too expensive for the product that you're giving um and and all it shows to me is a level of greed and the greed is uh on multiple levels you know the event producer's greed they have the biggest risk but they're trying to turn a huge profit in a time where no one has the money to go to something to give them a profit you have artists that still have agents that I'm sure are asking for pretty high guarantees Mm -hmm. despite the fact that no one has any income coming in to pay those guarantees. So like these drive and raves kind of in a way, in my opinion, are the antithesis of how the music industry needs to hold each other up in, in all of our, like, I guess, kind of darkest times. Um, You know, I'd love to see um, larger artists be more willing to, not necessarily volunteer their time but go to these smaller independently owned venues and like offer to do a show for cheap or something like that or for charity or something to help like you know the venues stay on their feet as opposed to these large artists being like well hit up my agent oh even though no one's throwing a live show and i can't sell tickets you still want 20 grand for an hour like no like that's not going to work and that's right. not going to help anyone all it's going to help is the artist at the end of the day and that's pretty greedy
2: you would think the artists would be itching to get back and play right now like at any 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 forum like if you even i know it's not what it used to be but to get back to that you got to start somewhere and if if you're not helping those venues bring in at least that small amount i mean i know don't want to discredit the whole social distancing thing but like if you put a a bigger show out people are going to show up you know so but
1: To speak to that, it's really showing some people's true colors and who's in it for the music and the fans and who's in it for the paycheck.
2: A hundred percent.
1: And there's sadly a lot of people in it for the paycheck. And I get get it. Like, I'd love to fucking make, you know, $100,000 a month go and fly to different cities on flights I didn't pay for to, like, to play music. Like, Like, I get it. But also, I think that I haven't been in that position for it to remove my like i'm never gonna forget where i came from anytime anyone asks me how i got to where i'm at today it always starts with someone trusted me to scan tickets at the front door here and that's the story um whereas you have everyone else that's just like fuck you pay me um and we definitely not that we solely were but a lot of small venues put their trust into you and gave you a platform when you were still growing and it's time for some of these bigger artists to give back to those stages and platforms that help them build their career, and sadly, you don't see enough of that because people are, you know, blinded by the paycheck, blinded mm-hmm. by the money.
0: Fuck, dude. I mean, I get it. Like, but also, it's there's times where, like, so someone like myself, it's like I want to come play up here during this, you know, during while you're having these capacity shows, but it's like I get to play in New Orleans once, maybe twice a year. You know what I'm saying? It's like. So, like, maybe right now someone... I'm not defending people like myself. I mean, everything you just said is a fucking good point. Yeah. You know, you get to play somewhere once a year, though. Like, do you want that one time of the year that you play there to be, like, a 250 cap?
1: Well, I think that in a normal world situation that we wouldn't expect anything other than what would be the normal ebb and flow of the music industry. And we wouldn't expect, like, someone like you that only plans one or two shows in this market a year to be in this market. But I think that since, like like this year is something that no one's ever experienced before that there is, you know, there's exceptions mm-hmm. and, you know, there is, there's chances if anything to be able to play. Not only is our venue considered intimate on a grand scale, but now these super intimate shows, because people are going to remember these shows. People are going to remember like, fuck, whenever, 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 like we were in quarantine for three months, and then once like you know things finally started opening back up again, we got to see so and so, and there was only two hundred fifty people there. But that was like sounds, it. sounds
0: like a sick time though.
1: Yeah, no, and and, and I promise you, the artists that are going to be going on this stage, putting on these shows, the ones that are except that are, that are proving that it's for the music and the fans and not necessarily the paycheck, are going to play some of the best sets of their career because they are going to be so filled with inspiration. For like you know. From being seeing the people despite all the scary shit in the world out there to support them, they're gonna play some of the best sets of their lives. And people oh, yeah. are gonna remember those sets. And so I think that right now is gonna be a very, very like powerful time for music, albeit it's gonna be, you know, at a limited capacity for a select amount of people. I think that the actual music that's gonna come out from all of this and the actual performances are gonna be incredibly good and incredibly powerful and like set a new precedent for how we experience music.
2: Everyone's just going to be happy to be there again, especially artists, you know, everybody's jaded at a certain point, but uh everyone's got a break now. It's all beautifully said, man. I mean, you fucking
0: changed my whole perspective about it too. I want to come play up here now.
1: <laughs> Taboo, if you're watching this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's cool, man. I think we got a fan question I want to get to and then uh we we'll get out of here. I know we went over an hour, but
1: Yo, what's up Taboo? Uh this is Divine Martin from Homa uh, might know me as divine hippie i don't know we've ever officially met before but anyway i know uh, i have a school. question for both chris and for uh bradley uh <laughs> a question for chris is um as an up-and-coming artist uh what necessarily would be the criteria i guess you could say um in order to start really getting booked for uh, venues like republic um like what are you necessarily looking for um as far as to try to get booked in uh, those type of uh, situations uh, uh question for bradley would be um dude
2: who is who would you say has been your favorite uh person to shoot for thus far since you really got into the photography world
0: uh yeah
2: but y'all hope y'all having a good day love y'all uh peace
0: good question man why don't you go first
1: i'll go first yeah so divine what's up brother uh, i know divine he's a very very good hard-working guy from uh my neck of the woods good old home of louisiana grew up a little bit south there um you know I, i talked to this a little bit earlier in the podcast but um the the best thing you could do as an up and coming artist trying to get booked is just be realistic with yourself about where you're currently at and um understand that it's not about how much music you put out but about the quality of music that you put out um a lot of uh, electronic artists, specifically, and I know this isn't necessarily the genre that you're a part of, will just fucking start cranking out track after track after track after track, and it doesn't like they don't like pay attention to how good it actually is or isn't. And because of that, they they'll be like, "Oh well, I will put out 30 songs on SoundCloud," and, and like, guess what? If they're not, if you don't have any good songs, it doesn't matter if you put 30. So I think it's about focusing on your production skills and getting not necessarily a million tracks out there but like a few really solid tracks to gain the traction to then be able to present it to promoters to say look i've gained this level of support on like x social media and i think that i'm like you don't ever want to come at it overconfident and say like i'm the next big thing i'm popping off you want to come at it from a place saying like i've been working hard and i think that i'm ready to format a show i noticed you had this show and i would love the opportunity it's always about you know um showing i guess a level of appreciation for even the potential opportunity to be a part of something when you're just getting started out and so don't go in with any expectations either because like um the reality is is that a lot of promoters won't give small artists the light of day sadly We try and do, I know we're not perfect and we try our best to do a good job of sometimes something slip through the cracks. Um, Another thing too is, you know, when those people don't respond or they say no, don't beat yourself up over it. There's probably something else that's like holding them back. You know, a lot of tours bring their own support. And so we're limited in what we have to do or we have to send uh, management and artists uh, agents support to be approved. So when you do get those rejections and you do get those like not yet or not now not this show don't hang your head over it just uh just keep focusing on your art and keeping your eyes open for the next potential opportunity cuz you know we live in a world now where you, it it might only take one opportunity for things to change your entire world.
2: That's yeah, true. Very good point. Um my turn. And um, so he
1: said shoot for, so shoot like... yeah, for, yeah, that's, that,
2: that's that's another thing. Yeah, that's another thing that I was going to... just hired you as a hitman? No, that's it. That's what I was going to also explain, that whenever I do these things, it's not for always an individual artist, which a lot of people get that misunderstood. And that's why I like to talk about other people like you and Taryn and everybody else that does a whole lot of things for me, because without these other people around the scene, I wouldn't be able to do any of these things. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember Taryn knows me well, so she knew when Kid Cuddy was coming through that... Like, before that was even announced, she was, like, just kind of telling me. She's, like, y- you're going to love this show. Like, I can't wait, you know, for you to hear about this and just stuff like that. But favorite shows to shoot, like, I, I've said it before. I said it earlier. Uh, Kid Cuddy. Um, just because mm-hmm. that's where my heart's at. Like, I, I do this because I want to do things that, you know, make me happy that I'll remember and, you know, get to say, like, man, I did that. Like, just personally. It's personal goals. But uh, other than that, I would probably say there's a good bit, but the R.L. Grime set, uh, at the free water block party that was really fun mm-hmm. that was fun So dope Shout out free water
0: well sick man uh i appreciate y'all coming to my podcast dude. i just want to say brad i appreciate everything you've done for me dude i know whenever you're behind me you <laughs> know i can trust you you always grab my ass at some point in my set so i always and appreciate and that shit dude of chris fuck you uh no nah, i'm joking Uh no you've done a lot for me man you fucking always been a cool guy and you know close friend at this point so i fucking appreciate you dog
2: Damn, i'm not a close friend
0: you know, dude, we you just went to the honest. beach together. You stay I'm at my house every time you town, You know
1: And and you know, I through my friendships that I've created with you guys, um, and and you know everyone else in our like little circle, it's really shown me the real value of what I do. Um, for me personally, which is to be able to throw, um, dope events, but even more importantly, be able to meet incredible people. Yeah, like, you know. If I wouldn't have scanned tickets here in 2013, I'd have never met you guys. Who knows what the fucking world would be like. But you know what? I'm fucking happy I did it. Yeah. Because we're all here now. And, like, if I was able to help you guys progress your careers in any way because of that decision I made all those years ago, I I don't regret a thing.
2: You know, there's no ifs. That's why I always tell you that when you're feeling feeling down on shit because, I mean, that's a big part of my life is that. And it all started there, so... We appreciate you. This
1: shit's way too touchy feely. I thought this was gonna be a no, funny man.
2: podcast. It was fun. It was, I thought it was supposed to be
1: funny though. I thought we were like, hey, we, lo- we, we love, we love the homies around here. Funny, like I'm about to cry.
2: We love the homies around
1: here. Like I'm tearing up a little bit, and like, there's nothing funny about this. <laughs> nothing. Like people aren't supposed to know that I have emotions. Nah, you gotta go take me a nap. After this. Me, me, no cry. Me, me. <laughs> me man have no emotion. <laughs> I need another light beer, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sugar free. <laughs> Oh god damn! Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys. Appreciate y'all. Well, wait, wait, wait. You, you guys. So, Mitch, what do you have going on? Do you have any music coming out? You have any? Uh... Dude,
0: listen. Uh, I got well. Fuck, man. I got a song coming out in like in a week or two. I think. I don't. Remember, I don't yeah, know schedule right my schedule right. I don't know, you know my on schedule me. right on the top of my my throne.
1: Well, stream has. What's going truck. on for
0: Republic, dude? What y'all got going on?
1: Uh, this Friday we have the Bass Temple with Boar Gopnik, and. Nada, who was more formally known as Juju. Jew, Jew. Um, and then on Saturday we're doing. He needed uh, to
0: change his name. It was there's a Juju Beats. So yeah,
1: on Saturday we're doing emo night, uh, the Temple of Tears, and we will have me and Andre Clutch DJing up there. Maybe a special guest appearance by yours truly, Tivboo. Tivboo. (laughs) Tivboo. For next weekend, we don't know yet, and for the weekend after that, we definitely don't know yet. Uh, But keep your eyes peeled. We're posting shit weekly. Uh, all social medias at Republic Nola, um, and, and just keep your eyes open. If you're local and you want to come out to shows, um, holler. And right now we're currently, you know, like seeking talent. So like a lot of these shows, fucking send me some music. Uh, Chris at republicnola.com, DM me on Twitter, DM me on Instagram. Just if you can get a link to me some way, some somehow, I assure you I will give your music a listen.
0: Cool, Brad. What you got coming up, Daddy?
2: Chilling, working, <laughs>
1: waiting on shows to come back so I can shoot them. Rock and
2: roll, man.
0: Well, anyway, I appreciate you guys, man. I appreciate everybody listening to this week's episode of Talks with Taboo. I will see you all next week. Peace.